1: He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain.
0: Welcome to the show. Nerve stimulation with small doses of electricity has been used for pain relief since Egyptian and Roman times. But it wasn't until 1965 that we gained a basic understanding that electrical stimulation of the spinal cord can block pain signals in the cord itself. Today, animal research even suggests that neurostimulation of the spinal cord may help block or even reverse pain amplification following injury or seen in chronic pain conditions. Progress of microsurgery has enabled the implantation of sensors on the spinal cord to electrically stimulate the nervous system and alleviate chronic neuropathic pain. These implants deliver electrical impulses to the nerves of the spinal cord. Pain signals are inhibited before they reach the brain and are replaced with a tingling sensation that covers the specific areas where the pain was felt. On today's show, we'll learn about advances in neurostimulation for pain relief. Andy Magruder shares his compelling story of how a nerve stimulator transformed his life following three spinal surgeries. And then Dr. Giancarlo Berlat returns to provide up-to-date information on innovations in what have been called pain pacemakers for the spinal cord. Both Medtronic and Boston Scientific are annual supporters of Aches and Gains. Further, I'm an investigator under a grant by Medtronic to study the application of spinal cord stimulation.
1: If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Mylan Pharmaceuticals, Purdue Pharma, Endo Pharmaceuticals, Horizon Pharma. Pentec Health, and Boston Scientific. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. If you have any questions or comments for Dr. Christo, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com.
0: Failed back surgery syndrome is a chronic pain condition that our guest, Andy Magruder, came to know all too well. It's persistent pain in the back and down the legs following spinal surgery. The severe pain he experienced started with an injury he sustained during his military service. We'll talk to him now and learn how he coped with his pain for a number of years and what he finally found that changed his life. Andy, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thank you. Tell us how you sustained the injury that started all of your back pain.
2: Okay. Um, In January of 1987, while serving in the military, during that time, we had to move um, some very large tree stumps, and um, on one of those, I uh, injured my back and uh, herniated L5S1.
0: Yeah, you know, I have patients like yourself who twist their spine in ways that seem pretty harmless, but then end up with back pain or shooting leg pain and multiple surgeries afterwards. And then, in fact, did you experience the pain in your back and on the legs?
2: My back really didn't ever hurt. It was uh, throughout my right leg where I felt the pain.
0: And what were some of your treatments? Initially,
2: it was just painkillers and anti-inflammatories for about three to six months. Then they finally did a CAT scan and saw what was wrong, and um, they put me in traction. Um, That did not resolve... And eventually, I, I was discharged, and I sought treatment outside of the military.
0: And what did you have done outside the military?
2: Outside the military, went to uh, chiropractors, physical therapy, You know, tried to wing myself off uh, any medication, any and all medications, and uh, really take a holistic approach to uh, physical therapy and uh, chiropractic treatments.
0: And, and were the chiropractic treatments, physical therapy, painkillers, and anti-inflammatory medications successful?
2: They bought me time. You know, still had very bad bouts and, uh, you know, it continued to degenerate from there.
0: So the medications and other treatments like chiropractic and physical therapy weren't providing enough relief. And actually, that's a common situation that I see in my own practice. Therefore, you ended up having surgery, right?
2: I had a laminectomy, dystectomy at L5-S1.
0: And that was just the first spinal surgery.
2: Ultimately, I had to have three. They removed the protruding part of the disc. A couple years later, more of it protruded. And then a couple more years after that, they did it again because more protruded until eventually there was no disc left.
0: And at that point, when there was no disc left, what did the spine surgeon do next?
2: They removed the disc material. Um, they put wedges in between the uh, where the disc was. So L4 to L5, they put a wedge there. L5 to S1, they put a wedge there. And then they put two rods, one on each side, um, right and left. And then they... Uh, secure that with screws into the vertebrae.
0: And that's a great description of a spinal fusion. And Andy, did the fusion eliminate your shooting leg pain? It did
2: not. Initially, um, it relieved the intensity of the leg pain, but the leg pain persisted. And it also, uh, instead of just being right leg pain, it started occurring in the left leg.
0: I'm sorry to hear that, and I'm familiar with that experience based on patients of mine who've had fusions and then experienced pain in the other leg. And sometimes they also experience new pain in their low back. Did you experience that?
2: Yes, stiffness is in the back that seems like an immovable brick. Um, and it tends to be worse with weather or uh, extra activity. But it, it, once again, it, it's nothing like the nerve pain.
0: Oh, and tell us then what that nerve pain is like.
2: Oh, my. It, it's an electrifying pain as uh, best as I could describe it. It's uh, much like putting your finger in a light socket except it goes down your legs and it doesn't stop. But it, it's the kind of uh, dull, aching, electrifying pain that just makes you want to run screaming into the night. Emotionally, it it was terrifying because I knew I I had a crutch. I had to take these pills in order to just make it through the day, and sometimes that didn't even work.
0: And it sounds awful, but finally you found something that did work called spinal cord stimulation, and we'll talk to you about that when we come back from the break. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains.
1: Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, the global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. Mylan Pharmaceuticals, one of the world's leading generic pharmaceutical companies. Discover why at Mylan, quality isn't just a claim, it's a cause we've made personal at seeinsidemylan.com. Purdue Pharma, making a positive impact on healthcare and on lives, reminding everyone to safeguard medications in their home.
0: Welcome back. We're speaking with Andy Magruder about spinal cord stimulation. Andy, tell us, how did you discover spinal cord stimulation?
2: My wife, God bless her, Um, she actually did some research. Um, She heard of uh, a friend of a friend um, that mentioned something about spinal cord stimulation, and she's ultimately the one that found... uh,
0: Dr. Barillat. And Dr. Berlatt will be our next guest. Andy, to recap then, you had three spinal surgeries, including a fusion, that didn't relieve your pain, and pain medications and other therapies simply were not effective enough. So you turned to spinal cord stimulation. What appealed to you about this therapy?
2: This was appealing because it was an on-off solution. It was a direct connect straight to the pain to either, you know, mask the pain, address the pain, you know, in real time
0: very true many of the patients whom i implant like how quickly they can achieve pain relief with the spinal cord stimulator c- compared to other therapies andy tell us or if you would describe what was actually implanted in your spine
2: i have a a medtronic adaptive stem unit that was placed uh it's placed on my right abdomen And it has a 2x8 paddle that goes into, I believe, T10.
0: That paddle that you mentioned has certain dimensions. And if you can think of it as having a length of a little over 2 inches and a width less than a half an inch, then you can get an understanding of what that uh, paddle is like on top of the spinal cord. The actual battery has a height of a little over 2 inches and a length a little over 2 inches as well. Andy, talk to us about the trial.
2: I had to go through a trial where they just put in uh, two leads into the same area for a week to see if it was going to work or not. And uh, I experienced a reduction in pain by at least 50%.
0: As do many of my patients. And at that point, I would go ahead and implant one or two leads or wires on top of the spinal cord as well as a battery. But in your case, you have a neurosurgeon who implanted a paddle by making a small hole in the spine through which he placed the paddle on top of the spinal cord.
2: Correct. They can place the paddle directly where they want it. And during the surgery, I mean, they actually wake you up and say, is that the right spot? And then they can do the adjustments right then and there. Andy,
0: the three companies who manufacture these devices, St. Jude, Medtronic, and Boston Scientific, all have innovations in these spinal cord simulators. You have one of them. Uh, called the adaptive stem manufactured by Medtronic. What's the benefit of this particular innovation? It's
2: huge. It's huge. It, it, it's a complete life changer. The adaptive stem it adjusts the voltage based on your activity and your preferences. It automatically does it. It learns what works for you based on how you set it last. It memorizes it and so as you automatically change positions or you go from um, upright into mobile it makes that adjustment, and it gives you constant coverage.
0: Exactly, and many of my patients say the same thing, and that's the big difference from the previous technology. Andy, how do you feel now that you have had the spinal cord stimulator implanted compared to the way you felt before it was ever implanted?
2: I feel, feel way better. I've been off the medication since April, so five months.
0: Which medicines?
2: All the opioids. I am drug-free and I just have this stimulator, and that is a great feeling. It allows me to be mobile, be, to drive. I don't have to schedule my life around taking medicines or what I can and cannot do. It addresses the pain immediately. There's no waiting to see if that you're going to feel better. If Worst-case scenario, I can adjust the stimulation up or down to meet my needs at any given time.
0: That's terrific, I'm really glad to hear that. And Andy, I'm gonna push you a little bit. How much relief do you actually get from the stimulator? You've got
2: good days and bad days, right? Anybody with chronic back pain or nerve problems knows that. But overall, ultimately in aggregate, I would say it is a good 75% pain
0: relief. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah, you know, I have patients who are afraid to try spinal cord stimulation because, well, I mean, it's an implantable device inside them and it's, it's electricity.
2: Right. It's kind of a creepy feeling to think that you've got something inside of you like that.
0: <laughs> right, right. But
2: once you ch- go through the trial, now? I mean, if you can make it to the trial, it's it's a week, right? It, it's not that long. You make it through the trial, and if you can realize the benefits or some of the benefits just in that time period, right, right. you'll determine it's well worth it.
0: And, Andy, what don't you like about this therapy?
2: It takes a while to get used to that you actually have this little uh, device implanted inside Nine years, I'm told they'll have to change the battery Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. not really looking forward to that. But the way they did it, it's like there's a little pocket. So I understand it's going to be an outpatient surgery, but the fact that, you know, you've got something in your body that might not be natural or God-given is is a little disturbing.
0: It is, and it can be. I have a sensitive question for you. Some of my patients are concerned about having a spinal cord stimulator implanted because they're afraid that it might prevent them from having sex.
2: No, you can't. <laughs> that's one of the good things. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. The opioids uh they kind of take that away from you and the stimulator gives it right back.
0: That's good news. Before we close, what would you like us to know about how this therapy has changed your life? I
2: feel like I got a new uh new lease on life just coming off uh-huh. the pain meds and being able to uh, have the stimulator that's more complementary to a mobile lifestyle right. and um know, get better time with my family. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, am blessed to, uh, have this technology and
0: resolve my pain. You know, I'm really happy to hear that. And Andy, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Aches and Gains. Thank you, sir. When we come back, Dr. Giancarlo Berlat returns to provide up-to-date information on innovations in spinal cord stimulation. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains.
1: Aches and Gains is supported by Endo Pharmaceuticals, a U.S.-based specialty healthcare solutions company that delivers innovative diagnostics, drugs, devices, and clinical data to meet the needs patients in areas such as pain, urology, oncology, and endocrinology. Horizon Pharma, a biopharmaceutical company that develops and commercializes innovative medicines to target unmet therapeutic needs in arthritis, pain, and inflammatory diseases. Pentech Health, one of the nation's largest pharmacy and nursing companies, dedicated solely to providing in-home care for patients with implanted pumps. Used for the treatment of severe pain or spasticity.
0: A pioneer in spinal cord stimulation for spasticity and pain management, Dr. Giancarlo Berlat is the medical director of Berlat Neuroscience in Denver, Colorado. He's a neurosurgeon, and patients from all over the United States are referred to him for neurostimulation. He's here to share the most recent innovations in spinal cord stimulation, Dr. Berlat, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thank you for having me. We had a very informative show on spinal cord stimulation last year when we talked about the basics of neurostimulation. This time, I'd like to delve beneath the surface and highlight some of the innovations in neuromodulation. But before we do, let's refresh our understanding of neurostimulators and why we call them pain pacemakers for the spinal cord.
3: Well, basically, um, the nervous system works as an electrical system, right? and uh, with the stimulators we try to intercept the, the the pain signals or the signals that are not normal
2: mm-hmm.
3: and we try to either modify them or block them and this is accomplished uh, via implanted devices right. that are made of an electrode that goes on the nervous system whether it's the nerves the spinal cord the
0: brain mm-hmm. and a uh, pacemaker device that contains the electronics and the battery Mm -hmm. power. Right. Uh, Giancarlo, what is our current understanding of how spinal cord stimulation actually inhibits pain? Because in animal studies, in fairly recent animal studies, it seems that spinal cord stimulation inhibits pain signals from reaching the spinal cord. And also, spinal cord stimulation may release neurochemicals like serotonin and norepinephrine into the spinal cord to decrease pain transmission before it actually gets to the spinal cord or before it gets to the brain?
3: Well, first of all, the, it does interfere with the pain signals uh-huh. that we know. Yeah. Now, what we don't know is whether it modifies the pain signals so that when they reach the brain, the brain does not perceive them as painful or whether it actually blocks the pain signals. Right. But, the signals are intercepted by the stimulator and they reach the brain, they're
0: not perceived as painful as they
3: normally are.
0: Exactly. Giancarlo, central sensitization is a medical term that, that you're aware of that describes changes in the spinal cord that lead to pain amplification following an injury or seen in chronic pain conditions. And, and in fact, in some of the research in animals, it suggested that spinal cord stimulation is capable of blocking as well as reversing central sensitization in the cord. So early intervention of this sensitization process may be quite helpful. What do you think?
3: Well, I agree with you. Particularly, there is one condition uh, that we know where if we have a chance of curing it, we have to intervene early, and that is uh, complex regional pain syndrome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If we can intervene within the first month or two months we have a shot at curing the condition.
0: You know, Giancarlo, even after nerve injury, nerves in the spinal cord can change and be reversed. And that process is called plasticity. So... I'm wondering whether in time we're going to learn that using spinal cord stimulation soon after an injury or early in the stage of neuropathic pain or nerve pain may prevent pain from developing or limit its intensity or duration. I I fully agree with you. I think that uh, that would take a lot of uh, studies also,
3: uh, convincing the insurance companies. <laughs> so, uh, so I think that there the has to be a lot more evidence at the scientific level before. Um, we can do that, but I agree that that is a direction that should be taken.
0: Uh, speaking of complex regional pain syndrome, the use of spinal cord stimulation is approved in the United States by the Food and Drug Administration for certain for treating certain pain conditions, and and one of them is complex regional pain syndrome. And there are many others, like arachnoiditis and epidural fibrosis and um, post laminectomy pain and failed back surgery syndrome, for example, which is continued back pain and leg pain following spinal surgery, but Giancarlo, in your experience, which conditions are the most successfully treated with spinal cord stimulation?
3: When the patient has what we call a, a neuropathic pain, uh, which means a, a pain due to uh, to a malfunction of the nervous system. Right. When, when people have that burning sensation that goes with neuropathic pain, that's when spinal cord stimulation is the most effective. Mm-hmm. And then the other uh, situation where the stimulation is very effective is what's called allodynia, where even a non-painful sensation like light touch can be very painful. And there is very
0: few treatments other than neurostimulation that can correct that sensation. Exactly. And Dr. Berlatt, let's now talk about new developments in spinal cord stimulation. Each company has their unique system, but let's start with Medtronic's Restore Sensor.
3: Yeah, that's a great application of a technology. They have put a, a mechanism into the device that recognizes the position of the patient and adjusts the stimulation automatically. Mm-hmm. When we go from sitting to standing to lying down, delivery of the current to the spinal cord changes. And so what's good when you're sitting might not be a good uh, stimulation when you're standing or lying down right. with the sensor system. Uh, these changes uh, occur automatically.
0: You know, the other innovation that Medtronic has developed is the MRI-compatible lead. That is, that uh, patients who require an MRI of their brain and have a spinal cord stimulator implanted can get that MRI of their brain uh, if specific protocols are followed. Uh Giancarlo, let's now talk about another innovation, and this one is by Boston Scientific. They've manufactured a 16-contact lead. The contacts are the small disc-shaped metallic uh, devices that are on the lead that deliver electrical impulses. And Boston Scientific has manufactured one that essentially has twice the number of these contacts than other companies. Uh, what is the benefit of this particular innovation?
3: Well, well the benefit is that it's the longest. Span of the active part of the lead. Mm -hmm. And within that span, they can fit 16 electrical contacts it gives you a very high flexibility on how to direct the current. It allows you to make minute changes to the current so
0: that you can tailor it. And Giancarlo, uh, for which pain conditions do you believe the Infineon lead or the 16 contact lead would be the most useful?
3: If you were trying to treat somebody that has pain in the back of the head, in the neck, and in the arm... Mm -hmm and you place a lead like that in the cervical spine, starting from the top, you can stimulate every nerve root. So you can cover part of the face, you can cover the back of the head, you can cover the arm. Mm -hmm. It gives you a lot of flexibility that way.
0: Yeah, and in fact, the full advantage of this particular lead may yet to be realized. That is, until they develop a battery that we can connect the wires into so that we can use two leads instead of one. And Giancarlo, St. Jude has developed a device called the Epiducer, which is like a paddle lead, but that can be placed through a needle and then on top of the spinal cord. When would you consider using this particular device?
3: They have had the electrodes for a long time. They just recently introduced the the introducing device, which is a very large needle. Mm-hmm. My concern is... I think it's a good idea to be able to place a paddle lead minimally invasively. I'm just concerned about this being in the hands of people that might not be trained properly. Uh, It could cause a lot of damage to the spinal cord.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, I agree. I myself was trained in the use of the Epiducer and feel the company was attentive to these concerns. Giancarlo, I'd also like to mention that a company called Nevro in Europe has manufactured a high-frequency spinal cord stimulator for back and leg pain that produces pain relief without feeling the tingling. It's not approved in the United States yet, but I believe is in clinical trials here. And before we close, what's the future of neurostimulation or spinal cord stimulation?
3: The devices will get smaller and less prone to uh, have breaks or migrations, and uh, eventually, hopefully, these will become so small that you won't even feel them and maybe they'll be able to send the signals uh, wirelessly. Wow. In fact, I'm in contact with a company in Milano that has developed uh, nanotechnology to
0: send the signals through the leads uh, without any direct wires. The sky's the limit. Indeed, and clinically Neurostimulation may be useful for non-painful conditions like obesity and depression. Dr. Giancarlo Berlat, thank you so much for joining us today on Aches and Gains. Thank you, Paul. Thank you very much.
1: Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Mylan Pharmaceuticals, Purdue Pharma, Endo Pharmaceuticals, Horizon Pharma, Pentec Health, and Boston Scientific. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristo.md.com. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.